that bass crash in? You know it's time to begin, and wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC. Especially if you're one of our geeks in sneaks, using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run. We're going to be with you in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness, because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week, delivered the way we love it to be, and that is completely free, thanks to our sponsors this week, Brooklinen and Squarespace. Squarespace! They're bringing the show to you, DLC, of course, the show all about games, and there are many forms, games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles, also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Canada, the spell with two N's and one T, and I am joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis. The guy who, on this Memorial Day, joins me in recognizing and thanking all of our servicemen and women who have given their lives to protect our country over the years. Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian! Hello, Jeff. Hello, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is something that has certainly touched my life and I think the lives of many. So just um, to my friend Chad, who served as a guard of the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, um, my dad, who's trying to get um, a street at the academy named after one of his classmates who fell, and uh, my sister-in-law, whose best friend was, um, whose life ended too early as he served. So thank you to those, the friends and family members that go on and to those who've given uh, the ultimate sacrifice and um, to everybody hanging out and listening today. We appreciate you being here. Indeed we do. And we have so much to talk about. There's so much news. It is, it is officially pre three, pre three uh, E3 is right around the corner. I'm sure there's a train that will make an appearance at some point uh, in the show. <laughs> Uh, signaling our excitement. But uh, that doesn't stop a ton of news from happening. And we're going to cover as much of it as we can. And we've got a great guest to do that with. You know, the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, I'm so excited because DLC stands for distribution that lives in the clouds. Because from the show radio, we've got Andrew Alliance joining us for the first time. Hello, Andrew. Hey, what's up, guys? Thank you so much. Uh, how do you not laugh with the intro? I mean, the intro is so good, man. I- I'm glad to be here. Thanks for the invite. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. You're well, you're very nice to say that. We don't laugh because we've done it 390 times. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good. Jeff, it's very, bad, very good. <laughs> Thank you. Christian is a little sick of it. No, yeah. I have bad news, Jeff. I actually got served a notice from EA. You can't use the Nemesis system anymore. Um, oh no! Because is it EA who copyrighted that? WB? I don't know. Whoever copyrighted the Nemesis system, I'm no longer allowed to be your Nemesis legally. Oh no! Um, yeah, I now just have to be a random enemy enemy encounter. Ah, <laughs> oh, bummer. You'll not remember anything we've done in previous uh, confrontations. <laughs> Maybe that's better for me. Um, yeah, I'm excited to have you, Andrew. Uh, we have so much to dive into. Let's start the show the way we always do with story of the week. Story of the week, it's the story of the week. Story of the week, it's the story of the week. Story of the week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. And you can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. You can also send comments, questions, reviews of your own games if you want 
Try to get those on the show. We appreciate them. DLCfeedback at gmail.com is where you send that stuff. You could also hang out with the community, submit stories on our Discord, which is 5 by 5 DLC on Discord. Great folks there. In fact, uh, I just announced in the Discord, they do a uh, game of the month where everybody plays the same game and they all share their experiences. Uh, and it is decided by vote. This weekend, the vote for the June game which was down neck and neck. Uh, I think the I think the winner won by one vote, and it is No Man's Sky. Hmm. So the folks in the in the Discord are going to be playing No Man's Sky for June and talking about it. Some folks playing it in VR. Some folks folks just playing it for the first time. Uh, I think a really cool a really cool game to select. Anyway, that Discord's vibrant and fun. So check it out. We also have a subreddit you can check out five by five DLC dot reddit.com to join the uh the subreddit but andrew you are our guest so you get first pick of stories what would you consider to be your story of the week uh dying light was really good i'm glad we were able to get an update from them and i watched the trailer and it was absolutely amazing so uh, just the the vibe for i am legend and how you're able to go through the city and it's it's beautiful, and I'm glad we got an update uh, from those guys. So absolutely fantastic. Yeah, we got a, we got a number of you know pre three uh, games being showcased, trying to get a little spotlight before the big week of I guess the summer of games is what what it's really going to be. Uh, and a number of games, uh, like I said, getting the spotlight, getting a, a gameplay trailers for the first time. I'm sure we'll talk about all of them. I was going to go grab, I completely forgot before we started, I was going to go grab my t-shirt that I got that says Dying Light 2, I saw it first. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is at least two years old, maybe three years old now? It's at least two years old. (laughs) It feels that way, yeah, yeah. Still have that shirt. Uh, I saw it first, but uh, I didn't see it before, you know, right before it came out because it's been quite a while. But it sounds like it's actually coming out December 7th, Dying Light 2. As you said, um, we got a, a, a new gameplay trailer. We got a, the official title, which is Dying Light 2. Stay human. Just stay human. You know, I like that. Try to avoid being something <laughs> other than human. Um, and uh, yeah, they talk about a number of uh, big, big gameplay systems uh, that result from choices, that consequences happen based on how you interact with the world. Uh, a lot of zombies chasing you. Um, Andrew, you are, are a fan of this franchise. I take it. This is why you're excited. I I'm excited. I don't really play a lot of like, you know, horror games, but mm. there's just something about it that I, I want to consider um, yeah. to at least just fly through the city and, and parkour and all that fun stuff. I really love that, that vibe. Yeah. And even if uh, they decide to do like a, a movie from that, I think it, it'd be a, a perfect fit. Uh, for the universe, but uh, I, I just love what I'm seeing with that. Just the ability to uh, escape and, and fight through with the parkour system, and yeah. and the 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 more risky you you get with uh, some of the rooms, uh, the more reward that that you receive, which is amazing too. So I, I love everything that they're doing there. Even if I just play a little bit just to to get a feel for it, I'll do that. But scary games are not necessarily my thing, but I'll, I'll make ex- exceptions for to that rule. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess, I mean, I guess it is going to be fairly scary, but I, I think you're right. It's more of an action game than anything else. I think the, the zombies are mostly there for fodder, but you do have those night sequences where you still have to go out into the city and when night falls in the first 
uh, dying light is definitely terrifying because you can get killed pretty quickly. Um, Christian, I think you saw the same presentation that I did, whatever year that was. Uh, what do you make of how this game has changed or not changed in the protracted development process that Dying Light 2 has gone through? Yeah, well, I actually saw the presentation after you. So I got the shirt that said, I saw Dying Light 2 after Jeff Kanata already saw it, which was it's like cool a that lot. they made those up. Yeah, it's yeah. cool that they put those shirts out. I saw <laughs> it, it first. first Everyone else is like, it's like the guy in the comments, first! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then like the third guy shirt just said, this looked cool. It was like just a substantive <laughs> comment, finally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I I think I, so I don't know what has taken so long other than video games are hard to make. And this game, you know, based on reports has gone through some developmental, um, difficulties. I think in terms of the core gameplay and what I want from a dying light, it looks like it's still delivering. I mean, the very, very first thing we saw of that kind of, I saw it first, you know, years ago. And Jeff, it was five years ago. Everything for me was five, five years. Yeah, everything's yeah. five years ago. Nineteen ninety-seven, wow. five years ago. My eight-year-old daughter was born five years ago. It just makes sense. Um, yeah. <laughs> excuse me, was a uh, more cinematic in nature, and again, capturing that parkour and that kind of balance. And here, seeing more of the actual whatever it was, seven, ten minutes of actual gameplay, um, it looks to be hitting that. And I think hitting a lot of the stuff that folks liked about the first game. And it seems, and based on what they've said as well, um, uh, wep guns are way reduced in in this. And I think guns were a little problematic in the first game. I know they became, I believe, uh, I don't want to say no, because my memory is faulty from yesterday, much less when Dying Light 1 came out. Um, but guns were kind of patched in later to be more, um, have more ammo types and in weapon types uh i think when the game launched there weren't as many guns and then it became a an update as as fans wanted it but i think guns kind of changed that gameplay and it looks like in dying light 2 you kind of just have that um homemade shotgun kind of thingy they showed a lot more melee combat talked about the impact of that talked about using parkour as combat and i think to me that looks like it'll be delivering more of the game I'm looking for. My biggest question for the game and how it plays into the mechanics is this stay human aspect and and how big that is. Is that going to be, you know, the thing you hate Jeff of like a clock, a timer, Mm -hmm. you know, Andrew, uh, you play a lot of destiny and that certainly has its own version of timers on the screen where it's like, you got to do this thing now but I'm curious for a narrative game, how big of an impact that might or might not be in Dying Light. Too. It feels like a tension thing for me. Like if if there's something in the game that you're constantly trying to fight against is the tension for, you know, I don't think this game is multiplayer unless it is. I'm not aware that it is, but um, it's that thing that every time you get to a place where you're you're changing or, or you're morphing into this other thing that you have to continue fight, fighting against it. And that's a good tension for a game like that. Uh, while you're running around and doing the things that you're doing. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. The, the, the tension, I mean, even in the first game, it basically had a clock on everything all the time anyway, because the sun was constantly going, going down, right? You got to get off the, you got to get to where you need to go before night falls or you're in real trouble. And they've clearly carried that through to the sequel. So 
that is definitely tension. I don't know if it's tension that I lo- I enjoy personally because right. that right. makes me feel so anxious that I don't. But know you're if I can you're have fun. immersed in the game at yes. every moment, and you're you're constantly yes. thinking about should I go out you know tonight um, because there's a cash that I want to get that's that's priceless versus you know what resources am I going to uh, hold on to in the process of trying to to get the best bag right? So I think right. that it's kind of good. It's kind of good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- this is not a game that I am uh, likely to be playing. I, I the first one I I tried liking, and honestly, for me, a lot of it comes down to uh, the first person perspective. It, it, you know, as much as I loved, um, you had Mirror's Mir- Edge Mir- though. Mirror's right. Edge, yeah. I was just exactly. I love Mirror's Edge, right? And it works, but I I just feel like this game would be so much better in third person doing the parkour doing the melee combat, all of it, it feels so claustrophobic to me in first person. Would you but love it better if they gave you an option for the yes, different views? Yeah, I would. Um, I, you know, it's my personal preference. This is just me totally talking personal preference. There's plenty of people who love the first one and, and don't have a problem with that first person perspective. But for me, like any of that, where I have to be conscious of the physicality of my character in the world, whether I'm, you know, jumping off of walls or running up and meleeing something, I just prefer being able to see the whole model uh to have a better spatial awareness of what's going on around me mm. anyway I do, I, it I, does I do look very that, good i do think that claustrophobia is intentional especially in yes. the first game at night and so i think it is that balance of you know how does that hinder the parkour but how does that add a lot to uh what we're trying to do narratively or with that tension as andrew mentioned and yeah but and the immersion first, immersion also yeah and in that yeah. first game, I think they handled the parkour pretty well. I didn't fit roll credits on the first game, but I think I played a good bit more than you, Jeff, if I remember yeah. correctly when we went back to it. And like the parkour was pretty forgiving. Now at night, were there times where I felt like it wasn't forgiving enough? <laughs> you know, when I'm running from this horde or like one of the big bloater characters and I miss a, a wall to run on or something, then yeah, that stinks. But I, I, I feel like they did try to strike that balance of letting you do the cool things um, without needing to Celeste, you know, your way through a level. <laughs> yeah. Well, we will all find out on December 7th, evidently, unless, you know, barring another delay, but Dying Light 2, I think it was supposed to come out multiple years ago, and I'm finally yeah. done doing that. Uh, it does look good. I think looks visually really the good. city looks really interesting and complex. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see how this one turns out. Christian Spicer, what is your story of the week? Um, so the game of the year, whatever year it comes out, they showed gameplay for it. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly the uh, sequel to our game of the year. Yeah. Which if it comes out this year, it's like, I mean, Ratchet's already my game of the year that I haven't played. So like, I don't know, you know, in my head, but we got 14 minutes of gameplay from horizon, uh, forbidden West uh, and plus additional details. The state of play, I think was 18 minutes long, 20 minutes long and 14 of it was gameplay. Um, I mean, I'm pretty much just here to say, my goodness, it's so pretty. Like a lot of people have already done their reacts or their live stream alongs. And so you've probably maybe heard some impressions. But if you haven't, Horizon Forbidden West, they did the big state of play. No release date, though they did on Twitter say later that the game is on track and they will have release date news soon. Um, I thought a glaring omission, though. If you're going to you know build this thing up, show gameplay for the first time, it was notably absent the not mentioning it at all you know not even like coming this fall not even anything just no mention at all 
Yeah. Kind, I, of, a, I, kind of a not insignificant thing, you know? I, I wonder if we'll get it at Summer Games Fest. You know, it's like right around yeah. the corner type thing. Um, and the way they've re- revealed things from this game, it has been first just cinematic, now just gameplay. Like, they're parsing this stuff out. Yeah. Um, my goodness, it's beautiful. Andrew, how does this game run on a PS4? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It, it looks it looks amazing. I'm I'm not uh, the biggest fan for Horizon because I haven't played it, so I can't really speak in that regard. But what I like that I'm seeing with a lot of the uh, the trailers and even the presentations is the fact that uh, a lot of these companies are making sure that we get 30 plus minutes of of scenery and 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 the atmosphere of the game before they even give you the 10 15 minutes at the end of the particular YouTube presentation. So I like the fact that we're able to see that. So even if you've never been in that particular experience before, you get the feel, like you said, of how beautiful it is, right? So I've never played those games. I'm probably the only one that's that's never played those games, uh, but uh, I do appreciate what I'm seeing from it, and uh, I'm definitely interested. It's it's really beautiful. Jeff, yeah. swimming swimming all day every day. Like remember uh, when Aloy went underwater and your eyes popped out of your head and yeah. you almost died. I had to have my jaw surgically reattached to my face uh, because it was on the floor all the rest of the day. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we did name the first Horizon as our game of the year, as the show's game of the year, the year it came out. Absolutely adore that game. I have been eagerly anticipating this one. We, Christian and I, have for many years uh, done the thing for E3 when... We leave going, okay, if you could take home one game from the show right now, what would it be? You can only take home one, but you get to play that one right now. I haven't, we haven't even had E3 yet, and I feel like this is the game that I want to play more than any other. <laughs> so you, you already decided? I think, that, I can't imagine anything being more in my wheelhouse than I, I got, this I got game. One. I got one. It's not okay. super major. It's a Turtles game. Shredder's like Revenge. That. Yeah, I think maybe Christian might be tempted on that one more than I. I'm definitely excited Absolutely. about that game. But, Absolutely. But yeah. Um, Forbidden West is it, it is exactly the kind of game I love. It looks like you've got all that tactical stuff. I mean, they showed, you know, I loved in the first game the special vision where you can target specific parts of the mechanical beasts, the mechanical dinosaurs, knock bits off and change their functionality. It, look, it looks like that extends now to the the humanoid people, like just the other factions that you're fighting, you can like knock their belt off and it looked like you were highlighting specific pieces. I love that. That moment where the mass, the mechanical mastodon thing is charging and she shoots the sticky splat arrow that, you know, it was a slingshot. It was sticky splat slingshot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was a slingshot. Yeah. it, it and it's it's just all gummed up and it's just like oh that looks so awesome and like you said the underwater and the destructibility of the environments and when the mastodon's cage that it's holding people on I mean you can target people on the back the fact that we have people riding these things in the sequel is mind blowing and awesome it's a beautiful game oh you you have to give it you know oh. it's a beautiful game you have yeah. to. As and I grew up in the Bay Area, and it's like, you know, we're in San Francisco now. It's just, it looks so sick. So sick. Totally personal reveal state of play thing. I, I watched it with my kids, and they're like, can we see this, you know, Dad? And I was like, yeah, you got you girls can watch this. This is, you know, it's like I kind of explained to them, like, it's, you know, mechanical dinosaurs, and Aloy will be taking them down. They've seen me play Aloy in Fortnite. Like, yeah, yeah, you can watch this. And we start watching the trailer, 
And like the first thing in it is after kind of the beginning, she sneaks up on an enemy encampment and goes behind someone. And I'm like, oh God, just please choke them out. Please choke them out. Don't <laughs> don't slip. And she kind of does like, it's a T-rated game. So it's like a choke out throat slash. And my youngest looks at me, she goes, that woman's going to, be- going to bed. And I was like, yes, that is right. She is going to bed. <laughs> going to bed forever. It's always that push and pull of like, <laughs> this reveal is like Thursday at 10. We all want to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the color the color palette for the game also is is stunning right it, yeah. it gives you this um uh majestic hope feeling right uh at every angle uh whether it's the 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 structures or or even the the outfits it's it's amazing it's definitely yeah. amazing color yeah yeah and and the uh you know the breath of the wild hang glider that we're getting now looks super mm. fun uh i thought saw somebody point out i think it was a friend of the show heather alexandria who pointed out on twitter uh it's interesting that the the most enduring result of Breath of the Wild is that everybody has hang gliders now. Right, <laughs> you know, right. it's interesting. Um, but I'm down for that. Like the way she can move through the environment looks super fun. Going underwater and having her hair move like it's underwater. I was just just so much detail. It looks like this step up from the first game, which already felt like a triumph. I'm beyond so, so excited you know, you know what i'm excited about i'm excited for people who are excited about their games right <laughs> because we have and the reason i say that we have to get back to basics of just letting people enjoy what they enjoy right yeah and i think that um the the beauty of this game is um not only i think it has photo mode right because the other one the, the first one did i'm sure um, it will, so, yeah. so you have the ability to capture the moments as you're navigating through and i think that's fantastic so i'm excited for you man i'm excited that you're excited It'll be interesting to see if have they announced if it's going to be sixty frames, Christian? Have you seen that? No, um, I don't think they have. I'm curious because we talked last week. I I don't believe, as I looked into it, there is a PS5 patch for um, the first Horizon yet. Yeah, um, correct. So I'm, That's I'm correct. curious. There's not a sixty frames patch like we've seen with God of War and Days Gone and others and Last of Us. I'm Last curious if that gets yeah. announced, you know, kind of at uh, E3 or maybe with the release date. And then I'm, I I am legit curious how this game, what they showed was captured on a PS5. And I'm super curious how it translates to the PlayStation 4. I I believe they can do it. Maybe that will be the difference, kind of like Miles Morales, where you'll get ray tracing in 60 frames if you want it on PS5 and PS4 will be a target of 30. But this game to me, this reveal they showed, it looked very next gen. Like at no point was I like, this is being hampered by prior gen consoles they're holding something back i was just thinking a ps4 will sound like a jet engine <laughs> trying mm. to run this game. Yes, well wouldn't it be 60 frames at this point right i hope it is well right. who knows you know we'll, we'll see um and i'm you know i'm excited for hopefully close to zero load times you know fancy bells and whistles on but i think christian you're what we're seeing with these early uh unreal engine 5 videos that have been popping up over oh. the last couple of weeks is that as as next gen as this appears right now, I think in a few years this game is going to look primitive. It is mm. going to look like oh, that was clearly a transition game because what Unreal Engine Five seems to be able to do is just on a whole other level, and that's really what what this console generation is going to be defined by is that next engine, these next engines, not of these games that were designed on the previous generation and given added be- bells and whistles. Uh, on current gen it's these games that are going to be using the brand new engines that built from the ground up for this console generation and i think we're going to start seeing i mean 
if you guys have seen those Unreal Engine 5 videos, it's like, oh my goodness, it, it looks pre-rendered. Well, if you haven't insane. seen it and you're watching this live stream, uh, Jeff, Andrew, and I, we're not here. We are Unreal Engine 5 right now. Um, this isn't what we look like. Yeah, we're all is... just metahumans. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> Don't make it happen, Christian, too soon. It's, uh, <laughs> it's going to happen in its own time. This, our voices are just an amalgamation of the last 400 episodes we've done. This episode oh, no. is all created in the cloud. <laughs> I mean, all of that, all of that is possible right now. Yeah. Quite frankly. Wow. I mean, there's, you know, that, uh, Lambda that Google showed can do that right now. Um, all we have to do is, you know, I can retire early. Feed him all my podcasts and just make meta Jeff. Oh, and then I live the life of luxury while somebody is podcasting in my stead. Living the dream. Living the dream. Um, I don't want to stop talking about Forbidden West. It's so Go ahead. Good. Keep going. So, I mean, no, no, no. It's, 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 it's um, beautiful. It's just some interesting details. Um, the game map stretches from Utah in the U.S. all the way to the Pacific Ocean. So it's really the whole western half of the United States which is going to be interesting to see how big this game is. Is That sounds big. <laughs> that sounds big. Um, interesting that, you know, characters that we've seen from the previous game are making a return. It's, it, it, there's this, this blight, this red growth that seems to be the central um, MacGuffin, I guess, the central uh, antagonist of the thing is that how do you stop this blight that's showing up, which also looks visually very interesting. And uh, it, it, it's how lucky that no matter where she goes in the United States, Aloy always finds plants with tiny red thistles on the top <laughs> that just match her hair perfectly. She's just very fortunate in that way, I suppose. What was your biggest takeaway from, from what you saw, Jeff? Gimme is my biggest takeaway. Gimme now. It, I, I think my biggest takeaway is that it really felt like exactly what I was hoping from this game, which is a progression, um, new interesting things to do, but keeping the same formula, a level of visual fidelity that looks stunning and exciting, new, interesting, cool mechanical dinosaurs, uh, animals to fight and to ride. Uh, I'm just, I'm so sold on this game. I, I thought the first one's narrative was really great. I was hooked uh, discovering that. It'll be interesting to see too, because the first game didn't really hold anything back in terms of revealing the lore of the world, which I appreciated because it felt like a complete thought it didn't feel like it was just setting itself up for a sequel but now we sort of know the whole story of what happened and i think that's why this blight is going to be the storyline for the second one because it's really going somewhere else right it's what is this new thing instead of let's find out more about the past which which i think is positive although we may find out that the past was what created the blight so <laughs> that may happen and the um, combat looks like a nice evolution. Like it looks yeah. like I don't want to use the word complex because I don't want to like scare people off from it. But it looks more involved, but also expanding upon the things you could do before. Like the upgrades to Aloy's staff look interesting, and using those upgrades to take down specific enemies. And yeah. when she fights the Mastodon, using the slingshot and different arrows and the staff and all of these things that work well together that create that kind of rock paper scissor. Uh, mechanic that can be really fun and rewarding, but then also at times not necessary where you can straight up overpower something if you need to. But if you're able to go in with the right equipment, um, it can create a more dynamic and engaging fight. I think that looks really, really cool. 
I loved in the first game how fighting the robots always felt a bit like you were, a, a, you know, smacking a Lego creation. Like bits would fall off. It was very satisfying how it would, you could deconstruct these things and break them apart and target specific systems and knock that off. Uh, and it looks the same way, you know, in that Mastodon fight, it was being knocked apart and you knocked off a, a weapon and she runs over and grabs the weapon and uses it against it. Uh, all that really fun stuff with the, the, the uh, saddle or whatever, the platform on the back of the Mastodon knocking, being destructible itself. Um, all of that stuff is so, so satisfying looking. It's just like a chunky, interesting world. All of the moving pieces in the new robots look fascinating. It's, I'm just gushing. I just want to play that game. I I want to play that game. I think it's it's at the very very top of my list. You want to play it even more now? It's so good. First one's so good, Uh, and you know, it's 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 a franchise. It's become one of my favorite franchises. Um, I'm just waiting for Uncharted on PC and multiplayer. Man, sounds like Uncharted Four is coming to PC. It sounds like it. Uh, That's the rumor right now. I'm so excited for that. Now, what is it about Uncharted on PC, just just visually, that it'll look sharper and better and run at a better frame rate? No, it's because I'm not playing consoles as much. That's really it. So yeah. rather than going back and and doing that, um, I'd rather just play everything on PC now. It's 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 so cool. You know, you just plug yeah. in a controller and then you just go go at it. So I'm waiting for Uncharted multiplayer. I think and if they're if they're able to support ultra wide. In that mm. game, I will be very, very happy about that. Uh, ultra uh, Uncharted visually on an ultra-wide display. Woo! Sounds good. Uh, all right, my story of the week. I mean, you guys have left me a bunch of juicy ones. There, tons of stuff happened this week, as I said. Pre-3! Maybe I should roll that hype train. Uh, we, uh, we also got a gameplay reveal for another huge and delayed game that we were supposed to already be playing. Uh, and that is Ubisoft's Far Cry 6. Yes. I think it was supposed to come out in February, but now will release October 7th worldwide on both current gen and previous gen. And Stadia, Christian, also Stadia and Amazon Luna. You Ubisoft know, puts their games everywhere. You they know? sure do. Like, it's going to be there. <laughs> uh, this game, it looks beautiful, certainly. Yep. Uh, and they have vowed to, to christian's point they have vowed to show gameplay on previous gen systems before the game is released mm. uh, to sort of skirt the uh cyberpunk issue there has been a lot of discussion um with the far cry team that you know while you're seeing next gen stuff right now or probably pc captured uh, with all the bells and whistles on they are going to show what the game looks like on xbox one and playstation 4 uh, which i think is smart smart you know avoid that Sticker shock when people are like, I'm going to get this beautiful game. Oh, wait, it don't look so beautiful on my system. Um, but it does look beautiful in the gameplay reveal that they showed. Uh, they showed the protagonist, uh, Danny Rojas, and the fictional island of Yara, which is clearly based on Cuba. It, no, okay, sorry, Jeff. It is not, <laughs> you know, like... No. Uh, you can't Mark? mention, yeah, it's not, it's not, you know, there are, uh, the world has a lot of islands, you know, mm-hmm. and yes. these are store, it's made by a diverse group of diverse political people. Mm-hmm. And yes. we talked to real people who did this thing, but this is not about, look, it's just, there's a CD launcher. Let's, this is the item we want you to lead with there. You can shoot <laughs> people with CDRs. Um, you, you, uh, there's not, it's nothing, you know, 
<laughs> man, it is weird, right? It's weird. It does. Yeah. It, I mean, it, if you've ever fantasized about running around Cuba, this looks like a, a well, okay. Sorry. Beautiful. I know I transitioned out of that bit, but no, you can X nay on the Yuba a, um, <laughs> and if you're talking about Yara, Cuba Goody Jr. Me. Great actor, about, won an Oscar, big fan. Talking um, about Yara. Yara. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, what did you think of the the gameplay reveal for Far Cry 6? Super excited. Super yeah. excited. I stopped playing Far Cry at Far Cry 3. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm super excited. I'm definitely playing this. Which this should is, set you up um, well for, like, that, you know, all, it, it. this is the prequel, right? Or 3 was the pre, this is the prequel to 3. I, for, it, I think they've come out and said it. Like 6 and mm-hmm. 3, you can divide without any remainder. That's the <laughs> rule. You have to do a prequel. Everything about it is is beautiful, and I think that um, a lot of these games, what we're seeing also is elements of of other games that may not necessarily be in the same genre. So I see a lot of division esque uh, mm-hmm. things happening there. Um, uh, they, I think they did announce that they're going to make uh, movies, uh, you know, from from yeah. this this world. So I'm excited about that. Uh, the weapon system is is pretty. Uh, it's something that we've seen in, in the past before. Uh, the characters, in terms of having somebody who's comedic, uh, with uh, kind of like the um, Uncharted, you know, type um, style. So, so you get all these things um, in a game like Far Cry, and the world is straightforward. It's not a weird story, right? It's a you, you're, it's a it's a group that is trying to uh, uh, rebel against you know what is currently the the dictatorship of. Of, of that particular island. So, so all that is makes for a great movie, uh, makes for a great game as well. And, and the fact that they're taking that, that step with it, uh, mm-hmm. I'm really excited because I, I stopped, I got bored after three. So I'm glad that they're doing this now. Yeah. It's interesting. It, 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 they definitely showed some gameplay styles that seem to be a little bit of a departure for Far Cry in the sense that uh, Far Cry games usually involve arriving at a place where bad guys are wiping out those bad guys and moving on. And they showed some moments where it seems like you can bribe folks, you can uh, sabotage things. I mean, there's some of that in the previous games, but it seems like maybe there'll be ways to talk your way through situations instead of just blasting your way through situations. I don't know how much hope I should hold out for that, but uh, Christian, what was your impression of the gameplay reveal? I think it looks beautiful. I, I I really like the gameplay mechanics of these games. I have played all of them. Um, I did the big, you know, expensive edition for Far Cry 5, and I really enjoyed, I think I talked about every single DLC campaign on this show uh, as they came out. I really enjoyed them. I, I think I enjoyed them more than the main game. I wish that they would go that route, go the Blood Dragon route a little more with the main campaigns, because as, you know, I was joking that this is not Cuba and this is not a political statement and the stuff that Ubisoft does with these games. I I kind of wish they would not be because they are, this is Cuba. They talked to actual rebel fight, like have your, and and same with far cry five. It was a commentary on um, what cults can be and do in parts of America. And it, but it, it constantly walks that back. And I find that very frustrating that they don't go all in or that they yeah. don't go all out. And so you have these very serious cut scenes with great actors delivering great performances. And then I'm playing and I have a bear on the wing of a biplane right. shooting rocket launchers as I'm farting. You know, and it's like this, <laughs> it just doesn't, 
it, it doesn't connect for me. And I feel like this game is going to be similar where it's going to have these very s- serious um, cinematic story moments. And then I'm going to be murdering people with a CDR launching gun. <laughs> it is and, interesting that it does look a bit like just cause right now. It mm, kind of invokes that game, but it doesn't still, cause it doesn't go all the way of yeah. you know, like, you know, the performances of these actors are incredible and they always have been, especially the yeah. villains um, right. have been so memorable. And so that's the thing that I think frustrates me the most about the campaign and that these teams or the, these Far Cry 6 is reveal. And these teams have shown the ability to deliver that compelling gameplay with the full on, um, you know, ludicrous blood dragon, uh, horror game on Mars setting. Yeah. So that's yeah. just my personal opinion. I'd love to see them embrace that for, uh, a, a big numbered sequel yeah yeah and again um it looks like this is these are our fall games the fall games are the games that we thought we were going to get early in the year right. uh this is game again coming out uh they've announced it will come out in october uh october 7th worldwide and i think that's a bit of a bummer uh, honestly i i feel like this game has the potential for me to get lost in that fall maelstrom of releases. Uh, and if it was going to come out in, in a February or, you know, a June, it feels like I would have given it much more attention and been more excited about it. Far Cry is a great franchise and one I put a lot of time into, but compared to, you know, like a, a new Halo game, we know we're going to get in the fall. And I'm sure there's a, a billion things that I'm forgetting that we know we're going to get in the fall. I'm not so sure Far Cry 6 is going to be at the top of my list, whereas it would be at the top of my list in a bit of a less crowded window. But outside of the the Titanfall 2 situation, right? <laughs> where yeah. where games are are Titans, you know, when it when it comes to to the fall or winter season. I think this time around things are pretty distinct in their uh presentation. So you you may play it more <laughs> than than you thought you might especially the the way that they're doing the story now. Yeah, I guess we'll have to look and see when what is actually coming out when we'll we'll get a clearer view of the fall I think after E3 week hits, but uh it, it's a bit of a bummer to me that this is getting delayed so long because I thought an early year release for Far Cry 6 would really really make it at least for me uh, much more on my playlist. We got lots more news to talk about, but I first want to thank our sponsor, which is Squarespace. Oh, I love Squarespace. JeffCanada.com was made on Squarespace. Still, I still use it to this very day, and I've been using it over a decade. I recommend Squarespace to my friends and family, anybody that needs a website. I always say squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. Go there. In fact, I was just talking to a friend, uh, my friend who works at Google, in fact, uh, and uh, we were just talking about building websites, and he's like, oh my gosh, I, I use Squarespace all the time. I recommend it to my friends. So I was like, me too! I, they sponsored my show! Uh, and uh, evidently, they just went public, and their owner is a billionaire now. How crazy is that? Uh. But it's because it's a good product. And if you have any reason to build a website, you can do it yourself. You don't have to learn HTML. You don't have to pay someone to make a website. You can do it yourself. It's easy with Squarespace's tools. You just go to squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. You start building your website. Drag and drop, put stuff wherever you want. They have great templates to start with, and then you can just move stuff around. 
until you like it, uploaded images. It's so simple. There's never anything to patch or upgrade that's all handled for you. You don't have to worry about the nuts and bolts of it. You just worry about how you want it to look. Do you need e-commerce functionality? Do you need to sell stuff online? Just drag that widget in. All of a sudden, your site can sell things. It's that easy, I'm telling you. And if you end up running any problems while you're doing it yourself, 24-7 award-winning customer support makes it simple to get past those problems. I'm telling you, Squarespace is the place to make a website yourself. Try it. Head over to squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. You'll get a free trial, completely free. You don't even ask for your your credit card. You just uh, start making your website. And then when you're ready to launch your website, you can use the promo code Jeff sent me, J-E-F-F-S-E-N-T-M-E, all one word. You'll save yourself 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. And that's awesome too. You can get domains there. I've I've bought several domains just recently at squarespace.com because it's so easy to find out what's available. They give you suggestions to over 200 extensions they offer. So you can get the domain you want. Really, really cool. Squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. Uh, it is pretty cool. I was talking uh, as I read the news about this Squarespace CEO becoming a billionaire. He's worth $2.4 billion now. Uh, somebody on Twitter reminded me that when I was doing the Totally Rad show, we did a live show sponsored by Squarespace. And that guy, the owner, was there. Uh, and, uh, he was like sneaking people in because we, it was sold out and we couldn't get any more people in. So I was like a billionaire was sneaking people into my show. It's kind of cool. Well, you needed him. You needed someone to sneak you into that IPO before, you know, when you could have bought with the, uh, the big investors and not waiting for us little folks to be able to, uh, to jump in. The worst, the worst. <laughs> anyway, uh, we got more news cause it wait, is- wait, no, you should finish the sentence. So sponsored DLC. Hmm within a few years, be a billionaire. Like, I'm not saying that yeah. that's guaranteed, but right. like, I'm not not saying it. Correlation you know? is not causation, but it's also not not causation. Which you can go to my website, not not causation dot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should get not not causation dot com. That's Squarespace. Um, all right, there is more news. In fact, you know, I've been waiting too long. Let's just do it. It's, we're, it's almost here. We're like two weeks away. Not even for E3. I'm so I don't excited. even know anymore. As now, like, was it Xbox tweeted like something, and then both Summer Games Fest and E3 retweeted it, being like, "Glad to have you part of our." And it's like, I, I think it was uh, Ka might have tweeted like, uh, "I hate it when my dad's fight or something." It's <laughs> 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 better before they were divorced. Uh, I forget who who tweeted that, but it's funny. Uh, Everybody's trying to claim ownership. I don't know what's E3 anymore. Was this pre-E3 news or is this just May news? Well, <laughs> we'll exactly. See. I mean, I think it is definitely pre-E3 because everybody's trying to get into it. Um, I thought, where's my Summer of Games bumper? I was going to put that on. I don't have it queued up. It's, it's what could have leaked, but we want to make sure it's out there. I think that's a really good point. I think that's a really good point. This is what could have leaked. That's pretty funny. The what could have leaked festival. The what um, Walmart Canada would have posted Switch Pro, but we're going to say it first. <laughs> yeah, Switch Pro definitely got leaked. It sounds like we're getting one. It sounds like it's going to be expensive. Um, and but hard I'll, to find. It will be available for everyone who can find one. <laughs> it's like, oh. Exactly. Uh, and I think that's going to happen before the end of the year. We may see that in a Nintendo Direct in the next 
couple of weeks. I mean, honestly, what it's 10.49 a.m. Pacific time right now. This show will probably stop by 11.49, which means we'll see it by 11.50. <laughs> yeah, you're saying that even recording on a Monday this week because we're recording a little late. Holiday, they it don't doesn't care. doesn't matter. We They'll can't like, miss oh, it. The guys are done. Are they done Tweet sh- it. recording DLC? Let's do that. <laughs> um, I wanted to mention another big presentation that happened this week. Another big, you know, everything is, we got our own presentation. Everything is Nintendo directification. Uh, and Sega is getting in on the act with their Sonic Central live stream, which was all things Sonic, including news that there is a new Sonic game in development from Sonic Team, which is, yes. you know, the mainline Sonic game. Coming to PC, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Switch, Xbox One, Xbox Series in 2022. Mm -hmm. So we got a little ways to wait. Don't know any details about what that's going to be, but it's a mainline Sonic game. Uh, Andrew, it sounds like you're excited about that. I'm super excited. Yeah, you're a Sonic fan? I am. Big fan. Big fan. So Well, it sounds like we're getting a sonic Assance, right? Uh, The movie came out. It was a big hit. It was actually good. It was actually entertaining. Getting a sequel. It sounds like it woke everybody up at Sega and they went, oh, we got to capitalize on this beloved character that we own. Um, so we're getting more games on the horizon. Uh, Sonic Colors Ultimate, which is coming in September. Uh, Sonic Origins, which is coming next year. And uh, alongside the film, the sequel, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, there's going to be a 24-episode animated series coming to Netflix in 2022. And uh, another animated series in the works called Sonic Colors Rise of the Wisps, which is coming this summer. More Sonic than you can shake your tail at. That was a tail's you, attempt you to left tail. That's you can you shake your knuckles at. Huh? <laughs> but no? you left out the biggest news, which is the Sonic inclusion in the Tokyo 2020, where it's a Sonic mascot <laughs> costume, which that looks was pretty so baller. Good. That was pretty baller. <laughs> It's a strange, bizarre world where Sonic costume person is competing in all the events. That was pretty baller. It's like they put Sonic in the game, and they could have just put Sonic in the game. You know, like, it, whatever. Yeah. You have Son- Sonic's been with James Marsden. Sonic's been with real people. You can have yeah. Sonic with people. We've established that. But no, this is an athlete dressed in a Sonic mascot costume, <laughs> just dominating the Olympics. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, okay, so clearly, Andrew, you're excited about the new mainline Sonic Team Sonic game. I love everything they're doing. You love everything. everything. You want it all. Every uh, yeah, everything that they're doing, I'm excited because I, I grew up on the Nintendo and the Sega Genesis. You know, I was a Sega Genesis uh, guy, and of course, we had some rivalry with the Super Nintendo folks uh, back in the day. But Sonic, I, I'm glad that they're doing more, and I, I'm also happy that they did change Sonic the way Sonic looked for the movie. Uh, that was great. Yeah. So the people spoke and and we got what we wanted from that. But everything that they're doing is amazing. And, and again, even with that particular uh, presentation, you had a long uh, minutes uh, of of minutes worth of of music to immerse yourself in the experience that they're they're again ready to show. I like that they're doing that because for for the individuals who are being introduced to these uh, franchises for the first time, you kind of get the vibe for uh, what to expect. So I'm excited for everything that they're doing. I love Sonic. Let me ask you this question, Andrew. What do you want to see out of a new mainline Sonic game? I I think we have seen numerous iterations of Sonic in the 3D world that have been pretty hit or miss. A tough character to translate. I think a tougher character to translate from 2D to 3D than most 
And, you know, I don't know how you feel about the 3D Sonic games, but if you're talking about a new mainline, big premier AAA Sonic game, is there something in particular that you envision as being the most desirable version of that? Yeah, just just one thing. Keep keep the the rocking music in. Actually, two things, and take full <laughs> advantage of the power of the the gen, the stuff that we have, the tech yeah. that we have. Because if you do that, then Sonic could do a lot. Wailing um, guitars with force feedback in your in your controller. Right, <laughs> right. Just just keep just keep all that and take full advantage of what the the new consoles have to offer, and even you know the the PCs. And I think that I think would be fine. The three D stuff I, I like as well. Um, so I'm I'm not really picky when it comes to that. Just take full advantage of the power that we all have right. now. Sick guitar solos, absolutely in ray traced graphics. That's that's and Andrew Alliance is in. I'm Christian good. Spicer. What about you? I'll, I'll pose the same question. I know you're a big Sonic fan as well. I don't know how much of a fan you are of the recent non 2D versions of his oeuvre. Uh, what? There it is. What would you like to oh. see? Well, I'm very curious. They announced this too, the Origins re- release. I'm holding up my cartridge of Sonic Three. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they announced is is MJ's music staying in? It's because I've heard the reason we haven't had re-releases of Sonic Three and Sonic and Knuckles is that the music licensing is difficult. Um, Michael Jackson did a lot of the music for it. And then kind of the first round or a round of allegations against him came out. His name was taken off of it but the, and other contributors were brought in, but his work still is in it. Um, I, so yeah, I really like the original Sonic games. I thought Sonic mania was incredible um, for a main, you know, quote unquote mainline Sonic game. I don't know what it is at right now. Cause I, I like Sonic colors too. It was originally a, a Wii game if i remember correctly and i'm glad that's getting a second life because it started to have some pretty high ebay prices and i think people were like we game i don't need that but sonic colors it had some stages that fell flat but for the most part i thought was a a pretty cool entry um and i'm curious what it is because the reveal trailer they showed looked very you know as as andrew mentioned like taking full advantage of technology like the foot coming down and and it looked incredible but then they also say that it's coming for everything still um so i i don't know what that game is going to be i i'd like to see i think a sonic game that to me the tenets of sonic are speed is um almost a a, a distraction it's something that is used throughout but often can get you into trouble and i think that's part of the character and I'd like a game that takes advantage of multiple pathways in a way that feels organic and in, encourages replaying levels. Like there, are, I, I still don't think I've seen all of some Sonic levels in Sonic CD because I just never go that way. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. that's fun and exciting. And I like the way that when you get ripping and roaring, the, sometimes the game punishes you. It's really, really tricky with how it plays with the speed dynamic. Um, and so I'd love to see them do that in a way that is stunning and I will go out on a limb and I know they mentioned him during the presentation, but I don't need wear Sonic, not in the way they've used <laughs> him before. I don't need brawler sections. Like that's not the care. Put him in the anime, put him in the Netflix show, put him in Sonic two, but that's not what I'm coming to the franchise for. Yeah. Do you think all these shows and movies is too much Sonic? No, no. there's always been that much Sonic. There really has. There's been tons of cartoons. The comics, yeah. some have been hit and miss, like you know, many others. 
but the story's fun. Uh, the mm. character's fun. And I think the teams they have behind these new pro- these new um, shows is really strong. And I'm really excited for what they're going to do with them. It's like, is there, have you ever asked, is there too much Spider-Man? You know, right. like, yeah, right. The character no, think, can handle it. Yeah. There's never and too much Spider-Man guitar. for the wreck. Yeah. And ripping guitar. Ripping guitar. Um, Absolutely. Other piece of news, just thought I would mention it is newsworthy on another week. It might be toward the top of our list of news, but you know, this week so much stuff has happened. Um, But BlizzCon for 2021 officially canceled by Blizzard, uh, citing concerns over the COVID-19 ongoing uh, issues with the pandemic. Uh, They still plan to host a, an event in early 2022. Uh, Not exactly BlizzCon line, which is what they did this year. It will be part in-person smaller events, evidently, and then part digital event. Uh, we don't know exactly what the details will be. But uh, interesting, Andrew, that there is still, you know, this still, we're not quite through with this. Obviously, America is very fortunate. The rest of the world is still very actively dealing with the COVID right. pandemic. But I think it's interesting that Blizzard is looking at the entire calendar of 2021 and saying, no, nah, we're not going to be able to do an in-person event. Yeah, and I think when you understand, you know, the people that uh, follow your your content, uh, whether it's domestic or international, you have to make the right decisions for that because there are individuals who are super passionate about it internationally, right? Not not yeah. just us uh, domestically. So I think that uh, taking all that into consideration, I think that's a great move. We're still coming out of this. And like you said, some individuals are still not out. Right. Yeah. And, and right. still trying to figure out what they're going to do with their families and, and friends and things of that nature. So I uh, totally respect it. Um, anything that says wait because of where we are right now, I, I respect that. Yeah, it seems like the right choice. Uh, Christian, do you think 2022 is going to be a return to conventions? I do. I mean, we're seeing it for 2021 in some places, right? Bands are yeah. going back on tour um, June 15th here in California. It's like the we did it yeah. moment for better or worse. Um, yeah. And I think, I think we'll start seeing some of that stuff now, maybe not for the gaming space. Um, I think Andrew makes a great point that a lot of that, those fans are international, but I think we might see some smaller gaming conventions come back. You know, I'm just excited about uh, Thanksgiving with Comic-Con. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know that those plans have changed. <laughs> exactly. But people, yes, I think we'll see some conventions in 2021 and, you know, uh, fingers crossed, willing 2022 will bring all of it back. And hopefully Blizzard will have some big games to show in 2022 as well. Yeah, exactly. Maybe uh, Overwatch 2 will finally be on its way. All right. Uh, lots of news, as I said, uh, as we're getting aboard that train and getting closer and closer. Uh, but we do have games that have been coming out as well. Let's talk about them in the playlist. to talk about the games that we have been playing this week andrew what has been on your playlist destiny 2 always in rotation (laughs) always i can't get away from that game uh forza is is new to uh to my list uh, and i'm loving that um you know playing that through the xbox game pass having a good time with that uh and yeah um just keeping it really chill you know games that we've seen already but uh their replay value is really high let me Dig into a little bit of your love for Destiny 2. Um, tell me about the state of the game now, how, how you approach it, 
Uh, are, is it a daily playing game? Uh, do you have a group that, that keeps you addicted to it? Or is it just because of the systems that you keep coming back? How many vaults of glass have you broken? How many have you successfully retrieved? Uh, I haven't done I haven't done the new I guess version of Vault of Glass. I think for me Destiny has always been about uh the weapons and the gear, right? So everything that happens around the game, uh, I it never really, you know, I never really got caught up in it because my thing is it's either PVP or PVE. So and Iron Banner, definitely Iron Banner. So I think for me the system uh that keeps me coming back is the um, if, if I'm better than the next guy in PVP, right. And I think that keeps me coming back to the game. Uh, story is great in terms of say the game, as you, as you mentioned, um, I think it's good. It's in a good place. Uh, there are different uh, components in the game that, uh, if you're story driven, you'll go there. If you're more uh, competitive, uh, you'll go there. I think trials is still trying to get, uh, its footing, uh, back into, uh, the scene of things. And there's still weapons to be desired. They're really introducing reintroducing uh, some weapons that we've had in the past into the game now. So pretty much it's, um, as individuals have said, Destiny is is the first game, you know, 2.0, which I think that's that could be misleading because they're trying to do new things with the game. But uh, even right now, I think that they're in a great place uh, for the next uh, installment uh, for, for the game itself. So overall for me, PvP, uh, Iron Banner, and I'm good to go. So what is it that brings you to PvP and Destiny over games that I think are a little bit more known for PvP? I mean, Destiny's PvP obviously has been around since it launched, but, uh, you know, it, folks that tend to be really competitive, you know, you hear about Call of Duty, you hear, right. you, you know, about Fortnite, you hear about a lot of uh, games Valorant. that are in. Valor- right. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, what is it about this game that the PvP is what right. hooks you? So it's... um it's the unknown because it's not, it's not traditional, right? So when you look at uh, something like Call of Duty, you, you know what you're getting. It's either uh, a sniper uh, waiting for you to cut around the corner um, or, um, you know, it's just a shoot and then it's over. But with Destiny, because of the different elements of the light and uh, the different things that you can do, um, it's, it's really unpredictable. So if you're super supportive, your team can win. If you're super aggressive, your team can win, right? So I think that it depends on how you're approaching uh, the game and what kind of player you are. And I think that if you're really good, whether they're using uh, their elements or are not using their elements, you can be, uh, you know, uh, you can win that uh, 1v1, if you will. So I think it's like, it's the unpredictability of all the different core elements in the game uh, on top of the light stuff, uh, the weapons and how you, you craft your gear properly. And even that, whether you're using powerful friends, which is one of the elements that you can use and different things of that nature, all that makes a, a good uh, combination of how well you can present yourself uh, solo and how well you can support your team. So it's a combination of all those things. Very Do you cool. feel like the team has kind of given enough to that PVP side of it? Because I feel like for me, I fell off PVP quickly because I am the guy you beat um, mm. constantly. I'm the guy that gets beaten Uh I try to play, try to do my team well, and yeah. I fail them. I am Michael Kane quoting them at the end of every match. I failed you. I'm so mm. sorry. I failed you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but my understanding from friends that uh, do still play PvP a lot more than I do, and I come back for each season, and I've attempted this newest vault and did not. Um, there was broken glass everywhere. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but I feel like a lot of the meta does surround, or in my opinion, has surrounded the other 
um, aspects of the game in terms of like what is vaulted or what comes back and how the weapons play. And then they keep including PVP to like, well, here's these weekly challenges. And maybe that's just my perspective of that's not what I gravitate toward. But do you think the the changes in the reward hooks and the metas are satisfying for a, perhaps a PVP focused yeah, player? They're, they're trying to satisfy everyone, but I think the core competition of the, the 1v1 and the PVP experience is still there. I think for me, a lot of the individuals who do not necessarily do well in the PVP component of the game is you do not read the room when the match starts. That's I mean, the big thing. Obviously, yeah. I mean, right. Have, no, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so I think that uh, because sometimes they put you in a match that's are, that already started. So now you have to figure out, okay, so who's doing what? You look at the names and you're trying to figure out who is being more aggressive than than the other guy. So I think that uh, for me, the matches that I've done really, really well at in Destiny, that's not all of them, is um, I read how my teammates are moving, and then I decide am i going to be super supportive this time or super aggressive because not you can tell who's going to to lean back with their sniper rifles and who's going to go all in so i think that um we would do uh better in the game we as a destiny community especially on the pvp side of things if you're reading the room first before you know the first four or five you know frags then you kind of get a vibe of what's happening you know depending on the intensity of the game later on if it's like a capture the flag or, so, or something like that then you can adjust accordingly because they're going to be more aggressive, hold their supers to the, till the end kind of thing. Uh, so you just have to decide how uh, the match is going. It's kind of like a, you know, a soccer match or football, depending where you are. Um, that kind of vibe. Uh, you kind of know what's happening. And I think that typically people who play, they don't do that. They just want to shoot and, and, and frag people and it doesn't work that way. And I think that's pretty much a, a, a constant theme for any game. Uh, whether that's your your war zone or any uh, kind of vibe like that, but uh, you just have to read the room and then decide how you want to play. I think too few people look at it that way at all. Mm. You know, everybody, especially if you're just logging in solo, people are like, "I want to do what I want to do and not play as a team." And I yeah. think it's interesting to, that you approach it that way, where you are looking at yeah the behavior of your teammates and trying to yeah fit in as best you can. I don't think I don't think a lot of people play that way, frankly. Yeah. And then also your gear. Also, my gear is crafted for worst case scenarios. So I usually play solo. So if I'm joining a team, I know that my gear is crafted for solo events, whether it's one V2 kind of thing. So so I'm ready for that. But sometimes, you know, I get outnumbered if their gear is really good, too. So so it's like you have to just prepare for the situation. Right. Interesting. Uh, Very, very cool. Uh, I love your love of Destiny too. I love anybody that comes on and talks about a game that they're married to, you know, a game that yeah. they've been in a long-term relationship with. I love hearing how that interaction, what what that thing that feeds you through day to day that keeps you coming back in the face of near infinite other uh, <laughs> options to Absolutely. play. You Absolutely. Know? Uh, it's cool. Um, but you said you also uh, have been trying forza horizon four lately yeah it's a beautiful game yeah beautiful game i know you're a huge fan of that game too i got teased because i didn't play it but i'm new to it so i'm loving it it's and you're playing on pc yeah yeah it's so pretty it's so it's so good um i'm curious i could you know ramble my love for it but i'm curious kind of what your meta is in that game or is it the seasonal content that's bringing you in or just kind of the fun with the cars building out your house in your garage Still, um, still in the the infant stage with with the game. I just love how they introduced you 
to the experience, right? Yes. Where that I was just like, what's going on? You know, and you just jump in and now you're driving and, and you have to, to, to go to the event. And I'm like, this is so cool. And I think the, the way they introduced you to how you're going to uh, design your character and, and, and who was driving the car when you first got in and you realize it's, it's someone that is like hosting and it's, it's, it's cool. It's super cool. And it's pretty. It's super pretty. Uh, yeah. so, uh, so if you're able to check out, uh, Forza, uh, it's, you have to, you have to. So I'm, I'm hooked, but I'm still in the infant stage. Definitely. It's, go ahead, Christian. I was gonna say, I mean, it, it is, it's, it's a beautiful game on PC. It's a beautiful game on original consoles that came out on and on series uh, as well with that update. And I, I agree with you, Andrew, like the way they bring you into that world felt very reminiscent of how Xbox brought you into the Xbox one generation of consoles. Jeff, I think we did a yeah. uh, newest, latest, best like unboxing for it. Yeah. Coming right so on cool. the, coming right on the heels of the PlayStation, which I probably have more games of the generation that were on PlayStation last gen than Xbox for me personally, but that unboxing, plugging it in, this is your experience moment on the Xbox one was really cool and, and dramatic. And I think that their internal studios and specifically, um, you know, the Forza, both turn 10 and, um, uh, oh gosh, what's the studio behind horizon? It's not turn 10. Gorilla. Uh, no, no gorilla. That's Sony. They're doing, now they're doing the favorite horizon. Oh, oh, sorry. Her, Forza Forza horizon. horizon. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, it's I only have bother. one horizon on my brain, Christian playground, only one playground games, playground games. I think they really capture that really well. And like the excitement of cars and um when you unlock a new car spending time in that virtual showroom i have a friend uh who's they have a a young uh boy and he noticed his uh, a convertible for the first time and was like dad what kind of car is that (laughs) can i have one of the and he's not you know his dad's not a car guy but there's just the emotion in the design language of automobiles for better or worse And I think Forza Horizon captures that really, really well. And it lets you play how you want. Like it can be a serious racer or you can just follow the guideline and, and go explore um, the city. Uh, I, man, I'm, I, I want to talk to you more about it as you keep playing because I, I think it, as the game unfolds, the play styles can be so dramatically different. What, um, like what kind of has hooked you so far? And then I'll, I'll shut up, but I'm just, I, I love think this game. that, um, <laughs> it's still in the early stages. Um, once I finished the initial, uh, entry to, uh, when they parked and everybody started getting out and you started hearing the, the voice, the, the audio in the game is incredible. You know, it's just everything about like uh, the attention to detail and, and the cars where you, it, it seems like an arcade game, but they, but they really paid attention to a lot of detail and I, and I love cars cause you know, I'm a car guy. So, so just listening and, and, and watching how, how you're able to navigate. And as you're moving through the world, you see the names of, of some of your friends, um, as the avatar, you know, system that they have in there. Yeah. Like everything about it, you know, is, is amazing for a beginner. I'm, I'm a beginner, but I'm looking forward to playing more. That's a great point. It does. It doesn't hit you with, and I'm very excited for Gran Turismo and and there's rumors of a new Forza on the horizon uh, very soon for Xbox as well. Um, 
but it doesn't hit you with like, what camber do you want? How are you going to, you know, oh, you can go lower this, you know, adjust this stabilizer arm to increase. But it's the there. Scene. It it's is there. there. Yeah. But it's also just like, hey, man, you want to go drive this awesome car? Go for it. Right. You want to drive this old clunker? You can do that, too. You want to take a 70s muscle car through the twisty roads of a mountain pass? Good luck. Have fun. Um, right. it, it really does celebrate the the culture around cars. It's yeah, it's, it's wonderful. It's a beautiful game. I was yeah. just thinking recently about the way that games bring you in to the experience, the onboarding process, the first level of a game, the first impression that you get. And I was thinking that the way I prefer to do it, so many games force you to sort of sit there and just download the prerequisites to playing, just sort of receive it. Here is this big info dump we're going to give to you. Take it and try to start having fun. And it's rocky and awkward and weird. And I was like, you know, the games that just let you start playing and then layer on other stuff are so much better. And I didn't even put it together that that's exactly what Forza Horizon does. It's that moment that you were talking about, Andrew. Tomb Raider, maybe? Yeah, there are a number of games that do. I think Uncharted does that too, where you're, you're, you're all of a sudden playing a, a sequence Mm-hmm. before you realize really so what good. the game is doing yet. You know, it's let me play a thing, interact with the world. Don't make me go through menus and do character selection. All that stuff is useful and necessary, but I do think the games would be better servicing their experience by getting you interacting with the game before you're making these sort of administrative decisions, you know? Right. And there's a lot of games where it's like, okay, here's the cutscene that's going to set up our world. No, m- give me a, give me an interactive moment that sets up your world, and then I'll be much more primed to watch the cutscene. But bring me into the game first, like play the game. And I think Forza Horizon is such a textbook example of how great that can feel when all of a sudden I'm driving and I haven't picked a car, I haven't picked a race i haven't done delivery or anything yeah yeah i haven't done all the things that most racing games force you to do at the beginning it's like how do you want to start it's like no just throw me in throw me into the deep end of the pool and let me see if i'm having fun and then i can back out and go oh now i have a context with which to make all these cool decisions this is not this is not a uh a game but a show that that does that really well is invincible right yeah so you got (laughs) yeah eight to ten minutes of what just happened and and you're hooked, right? Yeah. And I think that doing that is is absolutely amazing. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. And and let me get into the game before you hit me with twenty proper nouns. Mm. Um, right, Lana. I'm sorry. I'm talking about Monster Hunter. Um, but <laughs> just, just yeah. give me give me, and a game that we both played that we'll be talking about here in a minute. I think uh, suffered from that as well. But I want to put those right. words in your mouth, Jeff. But in my opinion, it is it's in, in in mobile games as we've kind of dragged mobile games a lot the stereotypical mobile game, but so many of them do the now tap here, now tap here, now tap here, now tap here. Now you've tapped here. Now that does this and you've tapped here and now spend money. And I'm like, what game is this? (laughs) All I've done is tap through menus. This is not fun. Yeah. Yes. I think more game designers would just, I think it would improve the experience a lot if they just would realize that we're playing a game first and receiving your story second or mesh those two together. Like let let me receive the story in the context of doing something rather than the context of just watching something. 
Yeah, it's um, definitely untapped in terms of a lot, like you said, a lot. A lot of games aren't doing that, and if they did, we would have a better experience, and we'd probably talk about it in a different light. You know, right yeah. now, yeah. Right. Um, we do have lots more games to talk about, but first, I want to thank our second sponsor, which is Brooklinen. Ah, I love Brooklinen. Uh, <laughs> Brooklinen is my sheets. Uh, I think it's about to be my comforter. I'm I'm thinking about upgrading my comforter because. They're doing a Memorial Day sale, which is happening right now. Today is Memorial Day. Uh, you're probably hearing this after Memorial Day. That's okay. They've got uh, site-wide savings for Memorial Day on all things comforter for this summer and beyond. But even if you're not hearing this on Memorial Day to take advantage of that sale, which hopefully you are, but if you're not, you can still use our promo code and that'll get you a big discount as well. But let me tell you a little bit about why I love Brooklyn and why it's the only sheets I put on our bed now. Uh, in fact, we just ordered a new mattress. Uh, so I'm excited to put my Brooklyn and sheets on the new mattress. I'll be ooh, good sleep. Love a good sleep. Um, and you know, if you're, <laughs> if your life is as topsy turvy as mine has been lately, you know, you realize summer's here. It's probably time to change out the kind of bedding that you've got because you don't want that bulky winter bedding. Maybe it's time to think about your summer comforter or a great new comforter can just improve your sleep, improve the comfort, the luxury that you feel. And because they've got this Memorial Day sale, it could be a great time to check out Brooklinen's comforters. Uh, Brooklinen was founded by a husband and wife duo, Rich and Vicky, and their goal was to create beautiful luxury home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg. So you can actually have this luxury feeling at a fraction of the price that you get in a store because they work directly with manufacturers to ensure that they get that high quality, that premium comfort, but they do it at a fraction of the retail price. They've got that award-winning comfort. They're delivering it right to your door with the click of a button. Ridiculously soft bedding, towels, loungewear, and they're so confident in it They'll give you a 365-day warranty. That's a year warranty on all of their products. Oh, and did we mention they've got 75,000 five-star reviews and counting? A lot of people love them, including me. So you can stock up on all things summer comfort and shop the Memorial Day sale now. If you're listening to this podcast after Memorial Day, as I said, you don't have to worry. You can still go to brooklinen.com and use promo code DLC. Get yourself $20 off your first order of $100 plus free shipping. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, promo code DLC. For $20 off your first order of $100 plus, you get free shipping, which is huge. Brooklyn and everything you need to live your most comfortable life. All right, Christian, uh, you were talking about the game you and I have both been playing Kind of the big release this week. It's evidently doing very well on Steam. It's called Biomutant. Biomutant. Uh, which is a game, I think, that is what I was thinking of. It, it is what gave me that thought this week is, man, just get me playing before you start dumping all this lore on me, man. Uh, I think the lore in Biomutant is pretty cool and interesting. It's post-apocalyptic world where animals now are super intelligent and sort of inheriting the earth uh there's a lot of i think wonderful verbiage how they talk about the before times pretty good uh, but tell me your experience playing biomune 
Yeah, so I was provided a code for the game, and you can see my first uh, 90 minutes uh, here on my Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer, if you want to go watch it. I also uh, tweeted out some on iPhone, playing it through um, GeForce Now as well. Biomutant is really tough for me. I, I, I love the aesthetic of the world. It captures this kind of honey i shrunk the kids vibe where because you are this little creature you know that's not human height and so grass is still grass but bushes are much larger for you and the before times the relics of the human times um are much larger uh than you know your character but yet you still wear human clothes like you, you somehow fit into like I think I said on the stream, it was like uh, taking your clothes and looking better in it than you did. Like these creatures look adorable in their little human clothes that I don't know who makes it or where it comes from. You craft some. Uh, so I, I love all of that. I think it's I'm playing primarily through GeForce now and then also on PC to kind of compare that. If you listen to the show, you know, I love the streaming future. But to compare that streaming uh, version and to direct on Steam on my PC. And I think it looks really, really good. Um, it is a prior gen game uh small team as well 20 people made this game compared to like hundreds of people on yes a lot of other games <laughs> that people are comparing this one to yes um but still priced the same as a yeah mm-hmm. any other you know it's not 70 dollars; it's 60 dollars. um and, and i like the idea behind the combat the idea of melee and gunplay and I like all of the pieces. I do not think it comes together well. I, I I think the game struggles to execute on many of its core ideas, and I and I think part of that is because it's really hard to do. The Devil May Cry series, I think, does it really well. The melee and gunplay kind of balance and going into a room full of enemies and juggling them and targeting them and switching focus and bouncing from one to the other. Arkham does it very well also, but the ranged combat in the Arkham franchise is very different. It's not a gun. You know, it's like 10 batarangs or a smoke bomb that are used for distraction. And the way Biomutant handles that with kind of its auto lock technique in my opinion, doesn't give me the flexibility to execute the moves when and how I want to, and then also to bounce away to the ranged combat. And something that I thought, and this is as of yesterday, I have not played here today as we're recording, but was still in the game for me, and I thought maybe I was experiencing it wrong until I read online that other folks were as well, that when some of the the ads, basically, like the grubs in the game, if they leave your combat circle, they just respawn full health and that combat circle is oftentimes in my opinion fairly small so there'll be times when i'm juggling those enemies and then also going after a a bigger enemy or or boss tile encounter and then the the hordes come to come back and i swear i had them knocked down like i'll dwindle i'll stun then i'll shift focus and then these these ads come back and they're full health again and it kind of hurts that dynamic of the game and then before I say some more things that I like, the other big thing that is keeping me from being sucked into this game is the story and the narrative and how it's delivered. It throws you into the game with your character maybe not remembering what's happening. And then you get these flashback cutscenes. And and 
uh, Andrew and listeners mute. If you're interested, I am going to say a very early game. This is probably within the first hour, hour and a half, but it is a plot spoiler. Uh, mute me for 30 seconds. Here we go. There's going to be a spoiler. I'm going to start right now. Both your parents die. <laughs> and there could not have been less of an emotional impact in that moment for me as the player, for seemingly you as the character. I'm now done with specific spoilers. I will now speak vaguely about it. And I feel like most of those story moments hit that way of like, was this supposed to mean something to me? Why? Do, I mean, there well, are games. clunkily delivered, uh, unfortunately. I think the world building is yes. really good. The, yes. the The names of places, the different kinds of creatures Side you quests. find them. Yes, really lovely, imaginative world building and what it means and how it happened and the little factions that are dealing with it and how they're dealing with it. All that stuff, I think, is really well thought through and uh, creates very rich and fun fantasy world. It's just how they express the plot, the narrative is very, um, what's the word I want? It, it, disjointed? It, it's not disjointed. It's just... Well, I think it is in some ways with the narrator. Like, I like... It's plodding. It's, it's lugubrious. It's, it's, it just kind of, like, forces you to step through all of this stuff in a very matter-of-fact and not very dramatic way. Uh... And then, it, but I think it's disjointed too, where this is a very early, early game character. So I won't even consider this a spoiler who is straight up Elvis. And, but like, yeah. why? Like there are characters that are caricatures and it's like, wouldn't it be fun well, if we had caricature. a- I mean, they're all goofy. It's a good, it's got a goofy layer to it. But again, which, like with no weight or stakes to it. And then you hear them, oh, hobo, 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 hobo. And then, uh, you know, the very cool British narrator comes in and says, he needs you to go to the river to do, and you're like- I'm I'm listening to all of the gibberish. Why do I then need to? It, it, I think to me it's there a, is that disconnect. It's an odd choice. I, I think they were going for something charming to have the British narrator narrate yeah. the entire thing, and so everyone is talking to you in animal language, and the narrator just kind of sums up what they say. So you're not getting a direct translation. You're not getting an, a, a, a voiceover actor playing all the characters. You're getting the like you said the gibberish that you actually have to progress your way through like they say the gibberish right, and then fair, the narrator comes in it's to, it, to be fair who is the game for i mean i think it's for people who like, like if, you were, if you were to say like what yeah. age group oh no, i think it's it's a mature game i think it's you know it's violent and and like okay. i said on that spoiler stuff okay. happens yeah <laughs> you know okay. Um, I don't, it's not an intent, it, you know, it's not Bowser's Fury. Gotcha. Um, the right. gameplay mechanics are complex and that, yeah. and I really like, a, man, the crafting in the, it, you have like special moves, you have biomutation moves, you have. There's gear, a lot of role playing layers to it. Yes, fire a lot swords of that are yeah. awesome and you're crafting yeah. them and that and stuff. A whole bunch of different classes that you can choose from that give you all kinds of different benefits. It's, it's, it's got deep system. I, mm. I think I like it a little more than you do, Christian. I, I I've been having fun with it. I think the combat system. Yes, does not compare favorably to something like Devil May Cry and is doing a very similar thing. Or Horizon, which also or does Horizon. a similar thing. A slowed down uh, shooting combat, but that mm-hmm. melee combat is very intentional in Horizon. And in Biomune, right. it feels less so. Sorry, go ahead. It does feel a little simplified or um, less sophisticated than those games. But I, 
I still was having fun with it. I, I had, you know, you unlock combos and the combos are very simple to, to pull off, but it gives you cool graphic representation, you know, fun feedback when you pull off a combo or even having the potential of a combo, which I've never seen a game do before where you push the first couple of button presses of a combo. And it's like, Hey, there's a combo available. If you push this other button, yeah, finish I, it, finish it. I think that's kind of rad. I, I wish other games would allow for that because sometimes I don't even know that I've set up a combo for myself. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think it's kind of neat. Um, I think there's a lot to like with Biomutant, and it's tough because it is, it's this small team really biting off a big triple A, you know, they're swinging for the fences visually. It, it looks like, it looks like Assassin's Creed, you know, it's, it's playing in the same sandbox and Assassin's Creed is made by thousands of people. But it is um, not a political statement. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying? It, 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 it's hard to judge a game by 20 people the same as a game by a thousand people, but mm. it's priced the same as Christian pointed out. So your dollar buys the same product. Um, I, I think there's a lot to like with buy me. it's very, I found it to be very playable and fun. Well, I, um, I, I think like Assassin's Creed, Jeff, I think it's a great point. I'm, I am very excited already as someone who will not finish this first Biomutant. I'm very excited for the idea of a Biomutant too. There's so much to like in this game. Yeah, and the I world think much, is cool. The, yeah. the, I want to know more about this fun critters taking over the world world and all of the places and and how they talk about the before times. You know, it is a little Horizon-like um, in the sense that it is a beautiful version of the apocalypse. You know, it is a nature has reclaimed the machines type of a thing. Um, so I think that I think the the fiction has legs has real potential. And I was, I'm interested, but every time a new character came on the screen, I was like, I'm going to have to sit through them saying it in their gibberish language, me clicking through, hearing the narrator. It, it it felt very uh, taxing to have the story meted out to me in, in such a plotting, you know, uh, unexciting way. You meet people and they just ramble on incessantly on the, in their stories. And it's like, no, I, there's a better way to tell this story. And I think the story is actually interesting. But. Yeah. I, uh, as all of us are PC gamers, I know Andrew, that's where your, your focus has been. Um, and disclosure, 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 where my code came from is, is through the folks at NVIDIA. But I talk, talk around it enough on this show, but I need to flat out say it now, having played this game primarily through GeForce now, um, and what's changed at Stadia over the, the months and where Luna quite isn't yet. In my opinion, GeForce Now is the best streaming cloud gaming future service around. In terms of the library that is constantly added to, it's the GeForce Now Thursdays, the day and date launches like Biomutant. I was playing it faster via GeForce Now than if I had gone to download it when my Steam Unlock came in. And that my entire, I was streaming while streaming. So if you go to my Twitch channel and watch my stream, you know, I, I have good internet, but I it's did. not. It was, it was neat. It, it was neat. It's, it, it, yeah. And I, I'm pulling down and pull, put, you know, all of that was happening on the same, the same internet. And it looks, it looks great. And to bring it onto your iPhone um, or, you know, your other portable device, I, I really do think it and I guess Game Pass are, mm. are kind of those top two for me in terms of like the, the cloud gaming future. And what Game Pass offers is that subscription well there's rumors now that netflix wants to get into games so we can't say the netflix of games <laughs> but what geforce now offers in terms of 
buying your game piecemeal and then also having it locally when you want it, but then being able to take it with you. And as graphics cards are still hard to come by, to be able to play a game in the cloud with ray tracing, um, it continues to blow me away. And I think I do. I talk around my love of of the cloud uh, future so much without getting into the specifics of the two I use the most. And it is hands down uh, xCloud with my backbone on my iPhone and GeForce Now. And uh, xCloud, I typically use to dabble in games. Like, will I like this? And then GeForce Now is I have more Outriders to play and <laughs> I'm in bed. Oops, it's been two hours. Um, I remain blown away by it. it. It's a really, really cool service. And I'm curious what NVIDIA, I mean, is that that's tomorrow, right? Is that today? That's tomorrow. Mm, they're... Yeah. Uh, their pre three conference. I think, and I've said this straight up before on the show. I think they push gaming forward in ways that they are not given enough credit for. Oh um, yeah, on a software side, yeah, for sure. It's it's not DLSS, um, which is rumored for the Switch Pro. I don't know if that's true, but if the Switch Pro has DLSS, that's huge. Mm, it yeah. was just added to, to Warzone, not just, but recently, and it's like my gosh. Um, so that's not a review of Biomutant, just the way I specifically played Biomutant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of hand in hand in my head. But I, uh, you know, I love it. It's it's pretty cool. You're also playing a bunch of Knockout City, which I'm still hooked on. I like every time I have a few minutes, I want to get in a round of Knockout City. I, I'm not this guy, Andrew. I'm not the PvP <laughs> dude. I'm not Mr. PvP. I'm not arena shooter guy at I'm all. I'm not People either, who- but you know, it's fun. It sounds like you are. It sounds like you're all about that with uh, Destiny 2. But uh, I, I finding Knockout City and how much joy it has brought to me uh, is a complete shock. But I don't know. Christian, you're playing a lot of it too, right? Yeah, I played for like two hours with uh, our friend Jordan and friend of the show, Nicole Z. Um, and we didn't, I think we won a match, a round, I should say. Not even, like, we were just, you know, we're like, oh, we can get this one. And we won. And then we were just getting trashed. But it is such a fun take. I might have said this last week. It very much feels like uh, a Nintendo game, like Splatoon. It is a take Mm. on the third-person shooter in a way that is not shooting. It's dodgeball, Um, right? It's dodgeball. Dodge brawl, as they put it. Um, And I think the more I play it, the more the complexities reveal itself with the fake throws, spinning... To do the spin, you can put like English on it basically, but doing that around obstacles in the map, which is really cool. And then also, I I really like the speed of the movement of the characters. I think they nailed that. It feels fast and frenetic, but never out of control. And that's what keeps me keeps me going back. I want to see some professional esports folks run with this game because I think. Did you watch any of the Kind of Funny when they were playing with the devs? No. Quality. No. I mean, the folks at Kind of Funny, almost always quality content. Easy to recommend yeah. anything they put out. Capital Q, quality content. <laughs> I'm sure. But I, I would love to see professionals take these systems and see what they can squeeze out of it in terms of uh, the most effective strategies. I am so curious. I hope this game takes off. I really want to see competitive play free for everyone now they've extended so that's we should mention that up to level 25 it was just free for a week sorry to interrupt jeff but like i think that's big and i hope it goes completely free um play 
play the yeah. game. You can still play for free on any it's platform. Super fun. This is the biggest surprise of the year for sure for me. And a game I completely wrote off is a game that every time it was shown during a presentation, I was like, yawn, next game, please. And I stand eating, eating crow because uh, this is tons of fun, really clever, beautifully meshing systems that make for some wonderful decision-making in the course of, of a round of combat. Just a blast, a blast to play Knockout City. So I, I'm still hooked on it. I really feel like it's the game. It's the arena shooter for people that don't like arena shooters, which is me. Uh, any other hits you want to say, Christian? Uh, Jake Z is asking, is it still free in the chat? Yeah, as far as I know, it is. I'm pulling up the the tweet. Let me get this. Uh, there it is. That was their tweet on the 30th. Block party is over, but new players to Knockout City can still start brawling for free. If your friends are joining us, to be able to play for free up to level street rank 25 before Just purchasing a lot. the game. It's a lot. It's a lot of playing. It's a lot of playing. Um, yeah. So my understanding is that, yes, that it's still free everywhere. That's been the bulk of my my time has been um, those two games. And then I'm still Resident Evil-ing, and I still think it's fantastic. I tried a game that just recently was put on Xbox Game Pass. Uh, my new routine is just, like, browsing games on Xbox Game Pass and seeing if there's any indie stuff that strikes my curiosity. And one of them is a game called The Wild at Heart, which I know had been out on PC uh, a lot earlier, but now is just on Game Pass. So I was playing it on my Xbox Series X, and I'm enamored with this game. Uh, the Wild at Heart is basically Pikmin, but done, I think, with a lot of really wonderful style to it. It's a 2D... It looks like a storybook. The aesthetic is just gorgeous. The visuals, these kind of flat, uh, almost hand-painted look, very much like a kid's storybook. And you play as a kid in the 80s who uh, finds a magical fantasy world and gets these little creatures, these little sprites that he can throw and command to do certain things, just like Pikmin. And you can get a whole bunch of them. Uh, I think you can get like up to 60 of them by the end of the game. And um, I think the storytelling is really quite charming. And it's really fun to play. I love the look of the world. Uh, you, You know, you build up. You choose which sprites to have in your army. I don't think they're called sprites. They're called something else. Spriggans, something. Um, anyway, they're basically little, little Pokemon. Not yeah. Pokemon. Not Pokemon. <laughs> they're Pokemon. Yeah. It's a hybrid of the two. Man. Um, it is, uh, it's great. I, I really, uh, I really am digging this game. I intended to only play it for a short period of time, but I kept coming back to it and wanting to see what was next around the next corner and uh, fun little puzzles of how you're going to, it's actually Pikmin crossed with a Metroidvania. Mm. Uh, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't a huge Pikmin fan, so you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember Pikmin having elements of come back here later when you get more cool Pikmin. I thought, I remember that game being fairly linear. A little bit of it with like the different colors as you build your art, yeah. whatever, your, your squad. Um, this is much more open worldy kind of go back to other areas when you've got cool stuff. Oh, I can't get there yet. I can come back to it. Um, exploration, getting cool items. It's, it's pretty clever. And I, it just the aesthetic alone is why I downloaded it. It was like, Oh, I really like that storybook. Look, I, I love that painterly or hand-drawn kind of simplistic art. It's simplistic, but, but very sophisticated in its simplicity. It's, Beautiful, like simple lines expressing a tree in, in certain ways and the color palette. 
you have to take a look at uh, the Wild at Heart to understand what I'm talking about. Uh, and I, you know, like I said, not a huge fan of Pikmin, but that fun, you know, you don't really do much, but your little army does all the work for you. They fight the bad guys. They pick up stuff. You can get to un, uh, unaccessible areas. I, I I think this one, especially if you've got paint game pass and it's free to check it out, very much worth your time. The wild at heart, which I'm playing on game pass. Um, looks really good. Yeah, I'm looking at lovely some little now. charming Looks game. Yeah. Very cool game. Andrew, yeah. I'm curious how you game pass. How, like you said, you're forcing through game pass. game pass. Yeah, well, like, I, um, how do you pick? What do you? It's like there's so much. PC's there's different. Lot. There's a lot. Um, yeah. But like, what brings you? What finally got you into Forza? Uh, or why was that your Game Pass game? Well, I, was, and, I was being picked on <laughs> by my friends. <laughs> that's, those are good friends. That's those are good. That's friends. how I got into it. Um, Guilt, the actual yeah, motivator. Guilt and jokes and side comments, <laughs> that, that kind of stuff. That that's how I got into the Xbox Game Pass. So Xbox sent that over. Um, because I was um, on XCast and I said, I'm, I'm still skeptical about the whole thing. And I think that um, I was very honest about how I felt about it. And they said, hey, you know, to hear is 12 months. Uh, have a wow. good time. So uh, to you answer your question. You should be more skeptical, Christian. Yeah, right. You know, I don't think Horizon, Horizon <laughs> Forbidden West looks good. Um, <laughs> I could be uh, proven wrong. All we do is say that's, how great Game Pass is all the happened. time and then have to pay for it ourselves. Look, that, I don't know what the Switch Pro is going to be, but I'm skeptical. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you never know. You, they, might send you, they might send you some gifts, right? So that's how it happened. But to answer your question, it's, it's really uh, scrolling uh, for the genre. And uh, for me, it's going to be FPS, uh, sometimes adventure games. Uh, I'll, I'll dive into that a little bit. But I agree with you. It's tough. There's a lot. My, There's a lot. my way of doing it is log on. Anytime I turn on my Xbox, if it's a new week, I scroll over to the recently released Game Pass games. And then I just start downloading anything that looks even mildly <laughs> interesting. Mm. Why not? Why not? It's, it's just easily, easily deletable if you don't like it. There's been a few things where I'm like, I played about 20 minutes of that. I'm not digging it. Move on. There's always something else. It's a it's a wonderful world. Absolutely. Mine is. I should play a Plague's Tale Innocence. Yeah. Oh, it feels yes. so heavy. Yes, yes, beautiful. It's so good, right? And it's been it's on so my good. queue for so long. Oh, and I'm like, so today's good. the day. And then please I'm like, play it. Please oh. play it. Dang, oh I'm skeptical, Andrew. I'm skeptical. No, no, play it. Play it, okay. please. Look, okay. the guilty has become the guilter. It's so yeah. good. It's so good. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, so That's good. always my, my thing. It's like, I should... It feels like such an invent... What is there? Oh, downhill biking? I will play this. Oh, this game's great! You know, like anything else <laughs> other than to sit down and play that yeah, game. For whatever tale, reason, it a just A play tale is a must for everybody. It, it, All right. Yeah. Yeah, highly recommended. Plague's Tale Innocence, Christian, on your playlist. Highly recommended. That's my understanding. Yeah, Jake Z points out though. I'm I'm replaying The Last of Us two again. You know, like I can't. I can't. Okay, I will. Let's see. Do I commit to this week? What is this week? This week's the last week of school for the kiddos. Might be hard. I will get to it. I hold hold my feet to the fire. You're going to be upset. You waited that long. Okay. Yeah. And if I'm wrong on that, I'll 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 take it. But it's. I've I've heard a lot of people really speak highly of that game, and neither of us have played it. But now Christian's going to take that bullet for me. So <laughs> uh, I'm sure you'll love it. I'll, I'll wish that I had. Um, all right, 
let's wrap up the show. Uh, it has been a blast having you, Andrew Alliance. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's it's a pleasure and definitely uh, honored, man. Thank you so much. Well, it is our pleasure. Tell the folks where they can keep up with you and the things that you do online. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, currently doing a podcast called The Show Radio. Also do streams of thought on YouTube. Uh, you could find me at Uriah, U-R-I-Y-Y-A. And shout outs to Miss DJ and my co-host. She's been with me since episode 340. Uh, wow. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm great. Uh, I'm grateful to have her um, as a partner and a friend and a co-host. So, um, so yeah, Uriah, U-R-I-Y-Y-A is where you can find me. Nice. Very cool. Christian Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week? Yeah, this show, uh, I usually stream it when we record it live. You can find it at twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer. I, um, I have a newsletter, tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer. I've had one all but done. I, I, I realized I, I don't think I got one out this month. I usually try to do two a month. But this past month, I can show this because I got these this back. Ooh, framed. I'm not going to get there. It is. Look at that light. Wow. Ooh. Pretty. Real pretty. And it's original. Um, this week has been Kickstartering. Uh, I got digital editions for everybody that wanted them. They are out of the comic. People have been really enjoying it and people that have commenting to me, which is great. You don't need to tell me if you hate it. Why would you do that? Um, but consequences is out. Um, the physical stuff is still in production, but it has been sending out the digital stuff, the wallpapers and the comic out to folks. So if you haven't received yours yet and you think you should hit me up, let me know. Um, but that's been this past week. And then the newsletter will hopefully come out. It is about um, accomplishment in games. We kind of talked about it a little bit on this episode of like being drawn to a PVP game or Knockout City and, and that feeling of accomplishment when playing a game. So hopefully I'll get that out very soon. It's done. I just need to proofread it and click send. And that's at tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer. And then for everything else, you can find it at twitter.com slash Spicer, S-P-I-C-E-R, I did my first live in-person stand-up set this past week. Hey. Uh, Congratulations, man. Yeah, I would have tweeted it out, but the show was sold out before I was on it. So it didn't, it wasn't me. Um, but it was great to be back at the comedy store and I'm looking forward to doing more of that stuff. So if you're in LA, um, Twitter's probably the best way to keep in touch that way. Wow. The world is back. No, it's not. The US is doing okay and we need to do better around the world. <laughs> That's true. Uh, as for me, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. I've got several other shows, including a movie and TV review show called the Slash Filmcast. You can find that at SlashFilmcast.com. Uh, I think we're talking about... Oh, I don't even know what we're talking about. It's, uh, it's always good. Tune in. Uh, hear us talk. Also... I do a comedy science show where you can learn something and laugh along the way. It's called We Have Concerns. And that show, actually, we just had a really fun guest, a doctor of new neuroscience. Shannon O'Dell was on with us. A uh, really fun episode. Check that out at wehaveconcerns.com. And I do the dungeon run as well. Um, new chapter starting this week. The heroes barely survived going to one of their cities, and now they have left, and they're starting a new chapter uh, just leveled to 10, and they got a bunch of new skills. So check it out. You can jump in at any time on that show. And you can find The Dungeon Run by searching on YouTube for The Dungeon Run or as an audio podcast. Great way to listen that way. Uh, or on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash The Dungeon Run. All right. Let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey. 
Andrew, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? Yeah, so um, I'm an investor and I'm investing and I wanted to uh, leave you guys with this book that I've been reading. It's called The Basics of Bitcoin and Blockchain. Oh, I thought and, he was going to uh, invest in our show, Christian. I thought he was like, I'm going to, I want to leave you guys with this huge investment because I think you're rocking into the stars. And I would have been you like, guys, oh, you guys are fantastic. Andrew. You guys amazing. are fantastic. I, I, I really appreciate you guys. I've been listening for a long time. So, uh, so Andrew's going to give the people good advice that will make them actual money potentially. That's this the is not financial yeah. advice. This is not, <laughs> it is not. It is not. That's true. Good I'm point. not Thank a you. financial advisor, but this is reading advice for individuals who are considering investing for the first time. It's called the basics of Bitcoin and blockchain. Uh, currently reading it now, and um, the the future is bright for us um, once we understand um, money and um, have a good grasp on financial literacy. So that's my parting gift. I can't wait till I, I can't wait for my future to be bright. <laughs> I can wait, wait to have a little financial literacy. Uh, awesome. Uh, tell me the title of the book again. The Basics of uh, Bitcoin and Blockchain. Basics of Bitcoin and Blockchain. All right. Christian Spicer, what about you? What's your parting gift? It's, it's way less potentially helpful, but way more yummy. Um, if you haven't done this, and there's a different recipe, so I'm not going to point you to one specific, but ricotta pancakes mm-hmm. ricotta how does that go pancakes. together it's it's in the batter so it's not, inside <laughs> it, it's in it's actually it's actually in the batter itself okay. so it's it's not just you know your boxed pancake mix or whatever it's so it's a little a little more to do but they are fluffy they don't get like sticky on the roof of your mouth you can do like with a sweet cream ricotta if you want and add a little bit of sweetness to it so you don't even really need syrup on it you can just do some strawberries or something or blueberries on top. Ricotta pancakes. You get, oh, a lemon ricotta. Oh, get out of here. Are you kidding me right now? Um, upgrade. This, do you want to upgrade your breakfast? Do you have <laughs> kids who demand pancakes? <laughs> ricotta. Ooh, and soon I'll get to talk about what I used to make them in, Jeff. That'll be fun. Nice. Um, ricotta pancakes. Give it a try. Pull up your recipe. Find one you think you like. It's They're fluffy. They're light. They're so good. They're so delicious. Or as my grandfather would say, ricotta. How how, do you, how would your grandfather say it? Ricotta. But what about the pancake part? Pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my parting gift is something I watched last night that absolutely blew my mind. I believe it is a work of genius, and I'm not saying that lightly. I believe it is a work of genius. This it show? A, again, not the show. Uh-huh. Uh it is a Netflix comedy special by a man who I believe is a genius, uh, Bo Burnham. His last special uh, is brilliant. And uh, I mean, one of the best comedy specials, uh, Make Happy, very uh, highly recommend. But this one, the new one, which is called Inside, is another level of genius. Uh, it is, he started doing it at the beginning of the pandemic. It's him alone in a room making things and it just shows you you know if you feel guilty about what you have done or haven't done during the pandemic uh, or how you've made use of your time watch this person compulsively make art in a room for over a year and see what is possible by one human being i mean it, it looks like a team of 40 people shot 
I mean, it's extraordinary. It's one person in a tiny room and it looks like it has cinematographers and lighting technicians and gaffer. It is beautiful. He writes music that is extraordinary. It's poignant. It speaks to our time. It is a work of genius. And it is a work that looks like it took a toll on him to make. Uh, You sort of watch him unravel and go insane over the course of this year. That's all he's doing in this room is making this art for you. It's, I've never seen anything like it. It is, I constantly was like, this is impossible. How did he do this as one person? Uh, It is called Inside and it is Bo Burnham's new comedy special. I'll check it out. work of genius. I'll check it out. We also got a listener suggested parting gift. This was sent to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Comes from Matt, who says he's an Australian living in London. Matt writes, uh, I just thought I'd write and give you guys some much needed love to tabletop time. I know tabletop time has been missing in action during the pandemic, mostly because I haven't been playing tabletop games during the pandemic. Uh, Hopefully it'll come back as we start to be able to see people and sit around tables with people. Right. Uh, but this is what Matt wrote. Inspired by Jeff's passion for D&D and his infectious enthusiasm on the dungeon run, I recently decided to pick up a copy of the Alien role-playing game starter set. I'd never played a tabletop role-playing game before, but the idea of creating my own mini Alien film with friends was enough to get me to take the plunge. The starter set itself is great and comes with rules, pre-generated characters, maps, cards, and tokens, which for a role-playing game virgin like me and my friends really helped it feel a little less intimidating and a bit more like a board game. The starter set also comes with an excellent pre-written story to play through, which was a massive help for me as I had never GM'd before. In one evening, my friends and I got through the first act of the three-act cinematic, and despite some first-time teething issues with rules, we all had an absolute blast and are excited to continue playing. I would highly recommend the starter set any fans of the Alien films who are role-playing game curious, as it's a super slick entry point and potentially a great first step into playing tabletop role-playing games as regular hobby. I would also love to hear your take on the Alien RPG. Jeff, given your love for both D&D and film, this feels like it could be right up your alley. Love the show. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Matt. I have not played the Alien RPG. Um, I would be curious to do it. It sounds... It sounds like it's got a lot of horror to it. I mean, it's a horror franchise for the most part. Um, so I'm curious uh, how that goes. I would love to hear how your playthroughs continue, um, but it's certainly something I'd be open to trying. Uh, it sounds really cool. That's the Alien RPG tabletop game. If you'd like to have your parting gift read on our show, you can email it to us, dlcfeedback at gmail.com. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Andrew Alliance and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to all the folks in our chat room watching live, watching the video version live. We appreciate you joining us in real time. We, uh, I know you're making the show better by being here. Truly. Thank you. Also, our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star. Thank you for making those bumpers and making the show better, including our E3 hype train from Sean Madigan and his wife. Very, very cool. And thank you to each and every one of you who tune in each week. We appreciate you as well. We'll be back next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.